This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. For a show that was originally designed to talk specifically about Arsenal transfers. However, the beginning of the show at least has been a bit hijacked because you may have seen the news that Arsenal have requested for their North London derby game on Sunday to be postponed down to the fact there is a number of both injuries, players at the African Cup of Nations and a smattering of COVID cases of which... The number or the true number is still yet to be determined, but it's imagined it's probably around the number two in terms of cases, including the one that we know of being Martin Erdegaard. I'm very happy to be joined by three brilliant guests today to talk through that and, of course, go through the transfer talk a little bit later on. James, how are you doing? Are you good? You well? Yeah, good. I was just on my way back from work, just trying to enjoy my train journey, switch off for a little bit before we talk Arsenal <laughs> again. And um, nope, there's no slowing down in this world. So, uh, yeah. Sure, yeah, but I'm yeah, good. How are you guys? Yeah, good stuff, man. Very good, thank you. As best as we can be. I was looking forward to the game, but obviously that's. Oh, we'll talk about kind of the benefits and the negatives to, to the possible postponement. John, how you doing, mate? You good? You well? Yeah, it's just such a. It's hard to even like, kind of quantify what it what it means to be an Arsenal fan right now, or just a football fan. It's just so wild. Uh, you know, there's so many different things to consider. Yeah. that we've never, ever had to do. And I get that part of it's because of just the times we're living in and w- w- everything that's going on. But it, it's so weird. It's such a weird kind of anal- – like all, all it's new territory for analysis and, and what we have to consider. So, um, you know, definitely an interesting winter window, I'll put it that way. So. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, proving to be far more than just the transfers we had to worry about. It is indeed. Daniel Potts, seen you two times in the last 24 hours, mate. How are you doing? You're doing good? I'm good, Canton. I'm all good, mate. I thought you'd be transfer newsed up, mate. I mean, come on, look, every morning at 8 o'clock or 8.30, surely that's enough for you, man. So I have to do it at 7 o'clock tonight and talk about transfers as well, bro. Come on. Give it a rest, Tom. Just give it a rest now. Come on. 
you underestimate how little's going on in my life. Um, <laughs> so, no, the missus is out tonight. Got to pick her up at midnight from the train station, which is ridiculous. The things I do for this relationship. Selfish, you know, mate. Selfish, that is. Know, it's, it's just selfish. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be entertained for the next hour or so uh, regarding Arsenal with you lads. We're going to start, obviously, with the main chat, uh, which obviously is about this possible postponement. James, are Arsenal being disingenuous with their request? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not because um, the Premier League have set a precedent, as everyone keeps saying. Um, with certain games, there's been a total lack of clarity around why they're being postponed. With others, when it sort of comes out, people are sort of left scratching their heads going, really? Um, I remember that Chelsea game, the postponement was denied and then they fielded, what, like a two, three hundred million pound, eleven or whatever. Um, look, we had Jurgen Klopp come out and say, oh, turns out they were all false positives. <laughs> we could have played, um, you know, and we've had to kind of swallow that and, and you know, go with postponements that other teams have put forward to us. And the rules are there. And, you know, in terms of the injuries and the players missing and even if it's just one or two COVID cases, um, you know, we we qualify for that for the for the postponement rules, but I don't like it. I'll be honest. I, I don't like the situation. Um I wish we hadn't asked the postponement, even though I concede we might not have had any choice. Um and I don't like the rules that the Premier League have put in place. And I remember I remember reading when when it was kind of first kind of formally announced, yeah, this is what it's gonna to take to have a game postponed. I remember reading it thinking, have they just mentioned injuries and other like they're not just saying COVID, they're saying other things. Mm. Um, I didn't really think too much of it because I thought, well, maybe that's extreme circumstances or whatever. Uh, but I didn't like it, and now we're seeing that that's quite clearly, you know, a, a big factor in a lot of these games getting called off. So, yeah, I don't like it, but we're playing by the rules everyone else are. So, yeah, yeah, I I, I do tend to agree absolutely with, with your line of thinking on this, John. Do you agree in the sense that Arsenal arguably? morally ethically do these words start to come into this equation um shouldn't have requested a postponement because as what we're made aware is it's just martin Erdegaard's plus one unknown case so therefore should arsenal have requested a postponement when you've only got two positive cases i mean should is a is a is a question of morality right and yeah. these are the rules <laughs> that they've implemented uh there's nothing wrong with following the rules uh for that the premier league puts in place uh at least it, it them being the ones, people following the Premier League being the ones that saying that we're making an immoral choice by by doing this. And and the reality is, is if if Arteta feels that we are not going to get a fair match and we're not ready to play this one, and I'm sure we're not because we have a lot of players out, uh, even with the with the Cup of Nations. So um, that's a consideration as well. Part of the reason we're not having enough midfielders is because of some of our players are out in another tournament right now. And if if there's an avenue based off of the depletions with medical concerns and injuries that we can actually feel the team that Arteta feels would be more competitive for this extremely important fixture, by the way, um, then I'm all for it. And I don't think that should should factor into it. Uh, um, so to answer your question, yeah, we should, because that's the rules. And if we can qualify for it, um, the, the question is, if we qualify it, will the Premier League, will they actually grant grant it if we meet all the criteria? And I don't, and like, that's my tinfoil hat. I'm not convinced that they will, even if we meet the criteria, they'll come up with, the, and, and that's, you know, you could say that's being paranoid, but I've been an Arsenal fan long enough to know that if they can screw over Arsenal, they'll do it if they can. And, uh, and. <laughs> 
uh, it's kind of, and that's kind of where I'm at. So I'll, I'm interested to see what how they uh, come about this. Like James said, they did set a precedent, and if if we do meet the criteria, which is what twelve players that we have now, yeah, um, then I think go for it, go for it. If if Arteta feels it, it's tactically advantageous to do so, so I'm, I fully support it. Yeah, just to provide some clarity on that, if you've just joined us with talking about the prospective postponement of the North London derby, uh, this is from directly from the Athletic. Arteta's team was left with just twelve fit outfield players following their further COVID nineteen cases and injury problems in the wake of Thursday's goalless draw with Liverpool. Premier League rules stipulate that teams must fulfil fixtures if they have full team players, thirteen of which being outfield and a goalkeeper. So at present, Arsenal do not fulfil that criteria. Uh, and interestingly, Chelsea had a request for their game against Wolves back in December 19th to be postponed. That was denied because they didn't meet the criteria and they were deemed to have enough players to fulfil the fixture. I think they, did they draw that game nil-nil, I believe? I think I remember that game drawing yeah. out. Was it, I think it was nil-nil, wasn't it? And I think I remember Tuchel coming out after the game and being very pointed in his analysis as he typically is. Dan, where do you sit on this? Are Arsenal well within their rights to request this game or do you think they should have tried to play it with the players they have? Uh, I don't like any of it, mate, if I'm honest. I think the whole thing just stinks and it's just like, when are we going to get past these last two years, you know, we're now in 2022 and this stuff is still happening and reoccurring. So I don't like it from that respect. If it is only Martin Erdegaard, I think we're being quite cheeky, if I'm honest with you, trying to say that we shut it down due to the uh, current pandemic. Um, but if the law states that injuries count and we can only select 12, then we're only playing by the rules. And it looks like they're... I won't say this because I don't know that it's 100% true, but I certainly think it seems a bit dodgy, some of these games being cancelled. That's just my opinion. Um, I don't know the science behind it. I don't know how the tests have gone. I don't know who's testing people. I don't know if it's like, yeah, we had 15 today. How many do you want today? 18 tomorrow. 18 tomorrow. I don't know how it works. Um, I don't know how it works, really. It sounds a bit dodgy to me, though. How many do you want today? Yeah. how many is it? 14, is it? We've only got 13. Just say 14. Yeah, 14. Have to cancel the next game as well. It just sounds a bit of a madness to me. Um, so there we go. Um, Liverpool looked absolutely depleted last night. Not. Um, so that tells you all I need to know about um, how that malarkey went on. So I think personally, if we can play the fixture with the right amount of players that should be fit and without COVID, I believe we should be playing it. Do you know why, Tom? Because I'm not scared of these. Have you seen how trash this team are? Yeah, they've got no son. They've got Harry Kane as their only player. Name me another player that you're jealous of them having in that team. I can't wait for Martinelli and Tierney to be running at Tanganga and Emerson Royale. I can't wait to see the goon and Matt Doherty try and play left back for the fifth game in a row. This team are trash. Yeah, so I wanted to play them. Big, big time wanted to play them. I was expecting to beat them. So let's just see what happens tomorrow because we're being told that obviously it's been reviewed and they'll look into it and we'll get a decision tomorrow. But what I will say is if we are made to play this, then like you've just said, Tom, there's only one other game and that was very, very early on that's been cancelled. So, of course, the Arsenal fans will come out in absolute uproar to say that the FA are against them and that they want to relegate us and they hate us and want us to fold because that's what Arsenal fans do in their overreaction. Um, So let's see what happens tomorrow, man. Yeah, that is expected to be when we will hear about whether or not, which again, it's fine for a North London derby because, you know, the fans are very close to each other and travel wise for fans, it's not going to be too much of an issue. But once again, the Premier League, instead of, you know, taking the time to meet, I'm sure, you know, they've got families and stuff, but there is hundreds of thousands of fans all around the country that travel to games all up and down the country. And the fact that they cannot meet 
a rapid time. And there's this, I don't know if you guys, you've heard of this, there's this program called Zoom uh, and Google Meets is, a, is another opportunity they could, or StreamYard, you never know, there's a tip you could go on StreamYard to kind of hash these things out to make sure that fans are well prepared to go to these games or not go to these games and be able to sort out their travel arrangements. Once again, fans being put seconds behind, uh, you know, the comfortability of the executives of those making the decisions. Now, James, last round of questions on this particular topic before we crack on with transfers. The both rival fans and, you know, elements of the media uh, as well have taken fairly unsurprising, quite exception to this. Uh, and we're seeing on social media that there's been a big outcry and a big criticism of Arsenal um, from both members of the media and also rival fans. How do you find this reaction expectant, or is it, again, still just, you know, what we've come to expect now? When, when the Liverpool game was postponed, I was very careful with my words where I said, I've got no problem with Liverpool asking for it. I had no problem with that. And they got it. And if it meant they've got to field a stronger eleven across the two legs, good for them. You know, it's not their problem. It, it's the Premier League and it's the EFL and it's they're the guys granting it. They're the guys making the rules. They're the guys who allow or don't allow what happens. Um, so to be angry at Arsenal, and I'm being consistent because I said this for Liverpool as well a week ago, to be angry at Arsenal is is stupid. You know, it, it doesn't matter if it's one case. If it's one case, but it lowers us, it, it takes us below the required number of players then that's that's the rules that's how that's what they've said i don't agree with them and i've and i've done my fair share of complaining about it and i still think it's poor i can't believe over 2 years into a pandemic um you know it, it, by the way well we've had a full season behind closed doors and a full season of pandemic football plus a project restart plus 3 months off before that how they're still flapping you know and they're sort of mm. like oh i don't really know how we should do it what <laughs> what were you doing for those 3 months um besides trying to get football back obviously but you'd think at some point they might have come up with a, a watertight system you know i can't imagine it's that hard to do but maybe i'm being incredibly naive and ignorant um mm. I, i've got a couple issues from Arsenal's perspective. If we're made to play it, and I think we might be, because where other clubs have been quite clever, they didn't announce really how many players they had or, or players and staff who had COVID or whatever, some training ground shut, whatever. You know, we've actually been quite public about it. You know, it's only Odegaard and maybe one other. Um, so everyone knows it's more of an injury thing than a COVID thing. So I understand the anger from that perspective from other fans. Um, where I think it could damage us a little bit if we're made to play this and we might be i don't like the mentality going into that game now these players have shown tremendous resilience i'm sure they might dust it off and get on with it and, and give it their all in the derby but what i really enjoyed about yesterday's performance at anfield was you could tell they went full strength they were the bad guys they were the, the villains they you know had all these false positives and could have played and messed everything around we turned up with a depleted squad and performed like that with a red card as you know and a man down and i loved it and i think arsenal got a lot of plaudits for that and rightly so i fear that i don't really like the narrative going into this game if we're made to play the game um and yeah i just i quite liked being the guys who got on with it and actually weren't asking for um constant postponement but i don't know maybe that's just maybe that's stupid on my part i don't know <laughs> no, I don't think it is. I, look, I, I, I'm very much where you are. I was, I, I was in a sense, if they were going to ask for a postponement Liverpool and it fulfilled the criteria, look, I can't have an issue with that because I can't be 
annoyed at Liverpool for requesting something that they have the right to request doing. I could be frustrated about the circumstances, especially when it transpires that there was lots of false positives, etc. But that's a whole other debate. And so I feel like the same has to be applied for Arsenal. And yet I don't see that same level of kind of treatment for Arsenal, John, being given to us as we're seeing given to the likes of Liverpool and, and other teams that have faced the same issues. Yeah, and, and Dan kind of tongue-in-cheek said that it's overreaction, that we think that everyone's against us. But, you know, I think there's been enough instances to at least create a reasonable doubt as to whether that may be the case, right? And um, in, in some form or another. And I, I'm going to disagree a little bit with, with James in, in respect to the, to the narrative if we are forced to play. I think that one thing that Arteta's kind of done amazingly, and you could see that, in just the away fans and how they outsung, you know, you never walk alone at Anfield, um, which was absolutely brilliant. One of the coolest things I've seen in a, in a long time. So fair play to the away fans. They're just class all the time. Um, but uh, one, one of the things that will happen if we get forced to play this game is that is that us versus them that Arteta's actually done a fairly good job of fostering. And, you know, Mourinho, you could say whatever you want about him, but he was in his heyday. It was he was really good at that. Eventually, that's all he had, and he didn't really have anything else tactically. So when that failed and didn't work, it was just like us versus them, and we're not doing what we're supposed to do. So you know, we just lose all our games anyway, and then I you know yell at a physio and then get fired. So, uh, but uh, you know, in terms of what what Arteta's fostering and and the narrative going into that game, I think that that's kind of what's going to be the the plan and if we can get a, a result after the fa says no we're not going to do that and, and we all feel aggrieved over it that might be something very important especially behind the scenes in the locker room i don't know I'm, I'm i'm speculating there but it seems like that is an aspect of of what has been going for us this season um and you know whether it's fair or not i don't i i i have a hard time dealing with like this notion of, of fairness in the sport, it, especially when this much money is involved just all around, they're never going to do what's fair. They're going to, ultimately they're never going to do what's fair if it, it intersects or conflicts with their bottom line. Right. So that unfortunately I think is a reality. I don't, you know, I don't have, I can't point to any specific instances, but I just know how the world works generally. And uh, you know, you could disagree with that, but uh, when that much money is involved in anything, it's very difficult to to do the right thing at the level where people can make the decisions to do the right thing. I know exactly what you mean. It's a game full, filled with controversy and big decisions and should this be right, should that be right? You know, why are some clubs punished by financial fair play? Others aren't. Yeah, I, I get exactly what you mean. Um, and, I, and I also know what you mean about the kind of, yeah, Brad said it here, siege mentality, that kind of... Um, Yes. Us against them, you know, and and I, yeah, I I, I agree that could work in our favour. Um, so yeah, that's another point. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, good stuff. I think that we were in a situation where ugh, Arsenal always find themselves as either the butt of the joke or the, the wrong end of the stick with you know certain aspects. I I always try to give a little bit of context and think. Well, you know, we are all heavily ingrained in Arsenal fan culture. We follow all basically Arsenal people besides our, you know, smaller percentage of the outside footballing world. And sometimes we can think that things aren't going our way, but it's just because we're so connected to Arsenal in a way that we yeah. can perceive things slightly differently and in a biased fashion, just systemically, basically. So 
But the problem is, is I do with this instance, there is for me, it just it just feels slightly different to those other times, Dan, where you're seeing, you know, so many people, and it's especially and for coming from my own kind of, you know, my, my colleagues in the media, and I'm noticing those as well from the outside of other teams pointing the finger at Arsenal in this case and saying how unfair it is because Arsenal just have the one plus the unknown COVID cases that have been confirmed, whereas other teams who have requested these post moments didn't have the same situation. But completely, again, missing the point that James raised earlier is that all that Arsenal have done is request based upon the guidelines that the Premier League have actually provided and have therefore done nothing wrong. And yet Arsenal are ones having the fingers pointed at them rather than the Premier League who've set these guidelines out. Uh, yes, but on the other hand, I didn't see everybody pointing at the FA. I saw everybody pointing at Liverpool. So um, I think you've got to take it both ways. Personally, I think that whoever you support, you'll always feel hard done by. Um, and I'm sure if you spoke to most clubs, they would say, oh, it's so unfair against us. Everyone's against us. Um, there are certain parts of the last couple of years that I've looked at, certain VAR decisions, certain official decisions that I think have gone against Arsenal. But as far as the point, the fingers pointed at us through other fans, I don't think you're ever going to stop that. You know, there's going to be a lot of rival clubs that hate Arsenal. Um, I sure don't like Spurs or Manchester United, that's for sure, or Chelsea. And I'll point the finger at them as long as I, as much as I can. I think we've got to be real. We're, we're, we're fans, aren't we? We're football fans. And um, if it's unfair or if it's fair, we'll be decided tomorrow. Um, if we have the one COVID case and that is genuine, um, and we have enough players to field, we can't cry about it. Unfortunately, we've got to go along with it and say, yes, we have enough players, um, and we're going to have to play Spurs with whoever we've got. Um, so as much as I kind of want to agree with some of what you're saying in terms of, oh, everyone should just lay off of us, everyone else is doing it, we've got to take it as we've been giving it out because a lot of Arsenal fans have been dishing it out just as much as we're receiving now, trust me. So um, I think it's just part of football. It's just part of football. Absolutely, which is why, like, everyone watching this and everyone who goes on their platforms or whatever, like, you know, it's so important they look at the bigger picture and context. Like, hand on heart promise, when this Liverpool thing was happening, I didn't have one... I had nothing to say about Liverpool. Really, I didn't. It was all about the EFL and the rules. That's all it is. You can't. And I even said, even if they are trying to play the rules a little bit and they are trying to gain an advantage and, you know, they know, well, actually, you know, this really we could play it. Actually, we'll be better off playing it. We, I don't mind if they're doing that. If the rules allow them, you know, whatever. I really don't mind. It's, it's, I, it's about, it's about my, the governance. My, my the question with Liverpool was whether there was actual val validity to the claims about the COVID test or whether there, there was a little bit of a question mark there. So, so if they blatantly lied... That's a yeah. different thing, and that's and, that's my that was my criticism, sure. that. and that and my criticism was of the FA. So you, you know, we said we're not we're pointing at Liverpool, the EFL, the FA. It was, or the EFL. Sorry, sorry, yeah. the EFL. I pointed at the EFL, and just you know, at, at, to say if there's not going to be an investigation, the optics of that are poor. Basically, by not even investigating, by saying you know there looks like there may be a questionable. Uh, uh, a questionable timeline and with respect to when Liverpool was reporting this and the actual information they had available to them when they were making the request to postpone and that, and that we relied on to actually make that postponement. Um, and th there's a question about that. And then uh, the fact that the EFL didn't even look into it. And the optics of that for me is that they don't really care. They don't care what it looks like. They're not, you know, and, and that's a problem. And that's a problem for, you know, James said setting precedent. That's setting a precedent about 
how you're going to deal with these situations. And if there's any question mark related to the decision that they're making, they're not going to investigate it. That's what it, that's what that said to me. So, I think as well, when you look at it like, sorry, John, yeah, I think yeah, when yeah. you look at it as well, man, it's, it's like on the one hand, I feel like everyone's done this and we've played the first three fixtures of this of this league without players through injury, COVID suspension. Um, it's our turn now. At the same time, I kind of heard of something called a transfer window that's kind of open at the moment and I would like to kind of dip into that um, so we could actually try and bolster up our squad. That well, would help Dan, that's the interesting thing because we've just um, sent two yeah, senior players saying. on loan, haven't we? So yep. we've, oh, we've sent Dainsley, Maitland-Niles and Balogun on loan. So Why you could argue we do that? that if we didn't do that, we would have enough to fulfil this fixture. Mm. And that's where, and, you know, yeah. That's where it gets I mean, that, that, and then you're citing exactly. Afcon as well. That that for me is is a madness decision, and you know I don't have to go into that again. Maitland Niles going there now? Why? Please explain that. No one can defend that. Absolutely shocking decision. But at the same time, I look at players that we have loaned out that could be doing jobs for us right now. I mean, we're playing Lacongo and Patino while Guendouzi, Torreira, Saliba, and Maitland Niles are all out on loan. I mean, Christ, what's happening here? Like we need to at least loan players out, and then please replace them. Otherwise, keep them, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. just poor, poor planning. Raises, it really is. Then raises a whole other discussion about injuries. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so what? So what goes on after this? If if a club can prove that they've got, you know, ten players out with injury, you know, is that does that become now a reason to postpone a game? I mean, part of me thinks, well, we want to see the best football. We want to see teams' best sides going head to head. So maybe there's an argument for that. But then, you know. That doesn't feel it's it's because it's because what's going on the pandemic is so we're not used to it even though we've had it two years it's oh, we're still learning how to deal with it how to what rules what's right what's wrong all that but you know we're going to get to a point where now we're saying well you know fifteen injuries you know no COVID cases we've got fifteen bad injuries so we can't field an eleven I mean don't know and is that right or wrong I don't know right now maybe it is right well, that. You know, sorry, I'm sorry. I think, you're, I think you're making a great point. And I think that um, if, think about it this way. In a normal season, injuries wouldn't require you to postpone games, right? But in now in this circumstance, we have something additional that are causing players to not be able to, to, to perform. And it's something that is at the heart of everyone's concern with respect to health of these players. Now we're sure. hearing like all these stories about the, the heart issues of these players, you know. So it's, it's not any it's not just injuries anymore that can keep a player out of a team. So it, from that consideration, it totally makes sense uh, why, you know, if you can't field a, a side, if it was injuries, that's your planning, right? Your poor planning led to, you know, and un, just being unlucky. But now with COVID, there's another aspect to it. We lost Tom. There he is. Uh, there was, you, you disappeared what? there. For oh, that is a bit. So I was really yeah, yeah, yeah. under 23. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so what, what I was saying was, is that there's another level to why a player can't be, playing on the pitch anymore so you raise a very good point about uh essentially what there's a big difference right now in this kind of like milieu of 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 sports and and culture and everything that's happening right now i think you're right i think that they should have had a better job they had enough time and they should have been able to plan for this a little bit better but you know that's never been their strong suit uh you know for kind of worms moment i think i think a kind of worms moment i don't want to go into it because it's political and all that but you look at the djokovic mess in australia forget what side of the fence you sit on you know that's another example of a sport or or a situation that hasn't been watertight and handled the way really we kind of all want it to be um 
so yeah i think we'll see more of this to be honest yeah so do i um but as you say it's there's only so much that we can discuss before we get into the realms of allegedness and speculation so uh speaking of which it's quite a nice segue onto the speculation of transfers for the second half of our show today uh i think while you were speaking i was able to tweak all of the the, the thumbnail and everything so it's half and half now postponement and transfers um in regards to where we're at dan i'm going to come back around and go in reverse order because you just spoke obviously very passionately about kind of how you're feeling uh, and the frustrations that you have regarding the decisions behind the scenes to allow Maitland-Niles to leave. And we sit now with tomorrow being the midway point through January. Arsenal are still yet to bring anyone in at this point. How confident are you based upon business, not just done already in this window regarding outgoings, but business that's happened in the summer and previously under this regime that we will get what we need before the end? So um, I've been really critical of Mikel Arteta and Edu um, on the pitch to for their kind of plan that they seem to not be able to execute and inconsistent games and up and down. And it's been winding me the hell up for the best part of two years. Um, but one thing I've given them a lot of credit for is off the pitch. Um, they know what they want, if that makes sense. Um, and they're trying to get a young crop of players to implement into this side. Now, I think that is fine. Absolutely no problem at all. And I think they know what they want. Um, they've managed, in my opinion, to try to tempt players here and try to sell them the dream. And I hate that, by the way, when people say sell them the dream because that's what we were all sold uh, moving <laughs> to the Emirates, but so to speak. Um, but there we go. Um, personally, I've been really impressed. I think they've probably got three or four wrong in four transfer windows. Um, Willian, Ceballos, Cedric, Probably Pablo Marie if he's not going to last. Runnison. Um, but actually, they've done quite a lot of good business. Gabriel, massive fan. Party, I absolutely love him. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. I think when he's great, he's exceptionally... I think he's potentially in his position one of our best players. Um, I think he's great. I'm a fan of um, what we've done with Tommy Asu and Ramsdale. I think that's definitely been a good, good signings. And although Lukonga and Tavares have had their moments, they're going to at 21 years old, I think they're definite upgrades on Mohamed Elneny and Sad Kalasinac. Uh, not that that's hard. I think me and you would change, to be honest. <laughs> um, so I think that we're seeing some different signings coming in now. Um, and there seems to be a difference in terms of mentality. We're not seeing the Mustafis and the Urzuls and the Kalasinaches. We're not seeing those throw-your-toys-out um, of the Pram kind of players. So I've been really interested to see that. Um, this window, however, at the moment is a 0 out of 10. Um, we have sold two players on loan who I believe are two positions that we need already um, in the squad. One being a striker, one being a centre midfielder. Now, it's fine selling those two. Absolutely no problem with Balagoon going on loan. In fact, I think it's the right thing. Um, to go and play men's football, he'll be toughened up in, in the championship. Middlesbrough is a good loan move for Balogun, 100%. Um, we're short of options though because all of our strikers have no future at the club if you go through it Balogun is now on loan Eddie has no future because he doesn't want to sign Lacazette has no future because he doesn't want to sign Aubameyang God knows what's happening there I've just heard the news about Aubameyang as well and I wish him well because mm. obviously he's got these heart problems with Covid yeah and I was that just is reading about true. that actually I was seeing Twitter pop off um, 
Yeah, we, we, yeah. we wish him well, man, and, and, and hope that's nothing too serious. Uh, but he doesn't look to have a future here, and neither does Pepe. So where do we go from here? We need a centre-forward. In central midfield, we're already light, and we knew we were going to be. And I just question whether Mikel Arteta and Edu understood that the African Cup of Nations was this season and not next season, because it seems to me that they're happy with Lukonga and Patino. They just sat there going, well, they did all right against Forest. Let's just see what happens. For me, we need to get a couple of midfielders in like yesterday. So people can sit there and say it's not easy, but actually I'm seeing quite a few teams doing a bit of business now. Should we start getting involved as well? We're halfway through. There's only a couple of weeks left. And by the time we get these players in, they're going to be fit for White Wolves away. And it's going to be like, why are we not? Why did we not get these in for Liverpool and Spurs? They could have helped us out. Now, we're lucky that we're in a situation that we're not out of the tie. But we're already at the FA Cup, which everyone seems to just brush past and think is acceptable. Absolute disgrace, as far as I'm concerned, to go out of that competition. But because it's not our target, apparently, now, because we've already won it loads of times, people seem to just be accepting of it. I think that's a show, absolute joke. I was absolutely gutted to go out of that. So... When I look at what we could have done to try and stay in that competition, we could have got some people in or at least kept Maitland-Niles to try and give us some uh, athleticism in the midfield, which I felt that we, let, we have lacked. Um, I feel that we have waited way too long. Where I feel we're clearly short is centre midfield and striker. We're linked with Arthur or Arter and we're linked with Vlahovic. Now, I would be amazed if we got both of these over the line. I said to you, Tom, and you kind of agreed that Vlahovic is looking like it could be a question mark doubtable um, yeah. and obviously Artur I don't know what's happening there but you seem to think that it, it you know advanced talks but if that's going to happen you know let's go I mean there's some easy options for me go go and go and speak to Genie Wijnaldum and say look are you are you unhappy at PSG like we're saying come to the Premier League you killed it last time you're 31 you're going to give us experience in that midfield and you're going to help the youngsters let's get him in if Arta's available and you want to get him on loan don't go for one get them both in because we need a couple of players in there not just one to just give us a stopgap we need a couple of players there for this season in my opinion because otherwise we're getting their El Nenis and that Swiss statue back so I don't want those two in my midfield personally um so let's let's get a couple of midfielders in and let's see if we can get the Vlahovic deal. And then that, for me, is a very, very successful January. But if you're asking me what I think is going to happen, it's going to be a loan for a midfielder and that'll be it. Yeah, that was my prediction at the start of the window would be a loan in midfield and and that would probably be what we would do. Uh, the, Vla the thing about the Vlahovic situation is that I think it's given the fan base something to really kind of grasp, hold on and hope for during this January. Um, I I really wouldn't get your hopes up is my advice. Mm. Um, it, my advice is don't get your hopes up that we're going to sign Vlaovic because you may end up being very disappointed. It is a very, very complicated, very difficult deal to do, not necessarily because of Fiorentina, not necessarily because of even the player, but because of the agent and the complications involved with those representatives around him that make this a very difficult deal. Plus the fact that he's one of the most sought-after players on the continent who's going to have the world at his feet in the summer when a release clause activates and a lot of teams are going to be able to, to come in for him. Um, John, Vlahovic and Artur. Artur looks the most likely right now, although saying that Allegri came out this morning and kind of tried to pour cold water on that. I still have, but what from what I've heard is that this deal is still something that's Still very possible, despite the fact that Allegri's tried to kind of pour the cold water over it. Kind of, I think that's more of a managerial deflective response than anything else. Of trying to talk away from players leaving, it's a deal that Arsenal can still get done. When I was chatting with Chris Wheatley on the Arsenal way earlier on today, he's confirmed to me that it's something that you know he's he's fairly confident about. So if it is to be our tour uh, from Juventus, 
as a midfield option? Is that something that you would be happy with? And how much more do you think needs to be done? So that's a great question. And um, I think there's overall, it comes down to what Arteta feels about the player. So far, Arteta and Edu have, and, and Dan kind of touched on this, uh, touched on a lot of things, some of them more pointed than others, and, I'll, and we can get into it. But um, there was, you know, it's definitely a notion that we're making a lot of shrewd signings. You know, and Dan already went through a lot of them, so I'm not going to go over that again. But really, it's—I don't want to say you know trust the process, but you know look <laughs> at what look at what Arteta and Edu have done with with some of these transfers. And if they feel that Arthur is the kind of um, player behind the scenes and the kind of player on the pitch that he, he that is going to get whatever they need, either as a stopgap or as as a player that they that they're going to provide some kind of a quality for that that we're lacking that's going to help us in whatever endeavor that Arteta and Edu and the powers that be are planning for us then I'll, I'm for it and it's it's for that reason that I'm even though you know it it, it seems like it doesn't make sense to loan out Maitland Niles and why we're not rec recalling someone like Gunduzi for example there might be a very good reason for that that we just don't know because there's there's a lot other of other factors that they're considering if they're considering something like the the like uh dressing room unity and leadership and stuff like that um you know i i understand that um but and I, they would know more than me because i'm not none of us are there to see what they're like what the players are like and what the dynamic is like they're in the best position for that so um when i'm looking at what can we do I imagine, I mean, whether Arthur, Arthur or Arthur, I, I always pronounce it wrong. Just do your best. I'm going to say, I'm gonna say Arthur, <laughs> Arthur because it sounds more fun to say it that way. So um, if, if Arthur. The theme tune is coming on in my head now from when I was a kid. And I used to, <laughs> I'm walking down the street. That's the song. <laughs> yeah. Stuck yeah, if, yeah if, they're, if, they're, if they've identified him as someone that they can feel will help or will bring the kind of qualities that they think are, are you know, can help us out. I, I get it. Um, I, I'm for it. I'm for it. Um, that being said, there is some weird question. I'm not. I don't want to sit here and, and make everyone think that I'm not raising an eyebrow at why we loaned out Ainsley Mint Niles, especially as a loan. You know, considering his, his contracts. Uh, that's a whole other story. I'll get anyway. Um, point is, I, I think we're going to need to make some signings. I think that a midfield signing um, with Dan is 100% one that we need to make, given the circumstances we have. And, you know, say what you want about Jaka, but it's not someone that you can rely upon. Uh, physically, you can, but not to actually play every single game, as we've seen throughout his career, um, which is, you know, annoying, because he does offer some some uh, a good attacking threat for us. And I think we generally, from an attacking perspective, look better with him. But that is probably, it's probably not the time to have that conversation given what happened yesterday. So um, I'll just say, yeah, we definitely need to make some kind of uh, a midfield transfer. And if they identified him, I'm for it. That's kind of the ultimate point. Absolutely. Yeah, I said, I think Dan raised that point. Like we haven't got much reason not to kind of trust the recruitment at the moment. We've made some very good moves, some good players, and and that should give us the encouragement that we're going to choose the right players in the upcoming transfer windows and hopefully very, very soon as well. James, just rounding off kind of this general discussion around the targets that we've got, Artur in midfield, Vlahovic, and I, I saw you nodding along talking about kind of the not getting our hopes up around bringing mm. a strike of his calibre in during this window. But how do you feel the importance of these signings are, especially considering kind of the, the weaknesses in the team? The AFCON is, is becoming less of an issue because, you know, they're going to be returning in a couple of weeks' time. But mm. we keep facing injuries. There's always the threat of COVID. 
and we're in a race to the top four. And that those signings could be crucial in getting us where we need to be. Yeah. Uh, and if we bring in a Vlahovic, that's a serious statement of intent from Arsenal. Um, one we've not seen for a while. Reminds me of when Man United brought in Bruno Fernandes in January. And it it just gave them that emphasis, that oomph to get over the line and actually put together a really great run in kind of that final third, final quarter of the season. Um, you feel with Spurs away being one of our last big away trips, I think Stamford Bridge is the only one left, um, you know, you, you feel maybe a Vlahovic could have a similar impact. But I, but I don't see it happening. Um, Otto maybe, but I just didn't, again... I actually didn't think we'd bring anyone in because the way things looked at the beginning of December, I thought, well, Abamyang was obviously still playing. So I thought, okay, you've got Abamyang, Lacazette, and Ketia. I didn't really see that changing. Then the Abamyang stuff happens over December. I thought in central midfield, yeah, we were going to be light with just Xhaka and Lokonga. But I thought, as we said, you can chuck in a Chambers, but Odegaard might drop in. Smith Rowe, I'm sure, has got the ability to play as a box to box if needed. I thought we might get by, actually. Um, it is injuries, a COVID case, um, and other things that have come into come into play that have made it so desperate. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll do something, um, but I don't think it will be kind of season-defining. I think it will be, you know, will Arta come? So I think Arta is a really talented player. I've seen some really good comments, actually, yeah. about him and kind of how good he was at Barcelona and stuff. And do I think he can come in and be in a year's time or whatever, real upgrade time midfield? Sure. But just kind of chuck him in when the first 11 isn't quite ready. By that time, Xhaka's back. I can see Arteta wanting to use Xhaka, who is you know two years familiar with what Arteta's trying to do. Yeah, I just don't really see a signing coming in that is going to take us up a level, but might just give us a bit more depth and or enough depth to maintain whatever momentum we have and whatever kind of level we've been playing at this season, which might be enough to get top four, by the way. Um Ooh. But yeah, I just don't see that Bruno season-changing signing coming in. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, it'd be absolutely brilliant if we were able to. And I mean, if Bruno ends up leaving on a loan with a, an obligation to buy kind of close this window, which has been rumoured across some of the, the outlets this window, that would be really disappointing because that looks like a very accessible deal for Arsenal to try and achieve this. Bruno window. Guimara's deal at Leon. Bruno Guimara's, yes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I mean, Juventus I feel, I feel like that one pops up like every other like every other season. Well, we are interested in him. Like Edu yeah. is a big, big fan of of Bruno Guimaraes, and I mean, I wrote a piece today talking about kind of the six areas that Artur is is besting Bruno Fernandez in right now. I'll just put a link to it in the but it, uh, chat so, box. Uh, yeah, and, uh, obviously, go read that. Well, what, what I'm trying to say though is, if this is the player we want, then whatever decision we make in the winter needs to be is going to be temporary right it's not it's going to be something that's a stopgap one way or another because if you want that player like clearly Arteta is, is in a position where he's if he wants the player we're, we're going after them it seems like and it seems like the board is backing him for that so if this is if this is who they want why are we going to go for anyone else but that well, I, th I think there's obviously restrictions with who you can get in the winter window clubs are a lot less kind of open to allowing their better players to leave but what I think was shown by the Erdegaard loan in 2021 was that Arsenal had the capabilities of maybe identifying some opportunistic signings like Odegaard was at the time. And I see Artur as quite a similar look, if they can put an option into this, or even not. I mean, Artur, like Odegaard, could be convinced to yeah. join Arsenal on a permanent if he enjoys his time at the club. And I think he's a player of a certain level that represents a real boost to Arsenal if we were to, mm. you know, bring him in. Um Let's jump into the chat box because for the last 15 or 20 minutes of the show, we're going to be answering uh, your questions. 
Uh, Virai's asking very simply, is the Bruno Gamarai still on? It doesn't look like it is, just to, to answer and put yourself at ease. Uh, and ups, you're not going to get Saliba on a lone recall, so I wouldn't get your hopes up. James, we'll start with you for the question from Kaziri, who says, do you think that Aziz is ready for the fight? Player was recalled from his loan at Portsmouth. Arsenal very light in midfield. Could we see him included in any team in the near future? Hmm. Was it, did Marcus Rashford come in when United were also having kind of real injury problems up front? Um, and we gave him I a think couple I, of goals, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was that? And we gave but, him a couple of goals at Old Trafford, I remember. Yeah, we, we did. We yeah, we stuck kickstart his career. We tend to do mm. that to managers and players. Um, I, I, I use that example because if I'm right and it was on the back of an injury crisis at United and actually I remember us playing them and they had all sorts of injuries and still beat us I think Carrick played centre-back or something ridiculous like that um and I and I I think sometimes it can be something like that you know I see I'm seeing Cochrane being mentioned you know, Cochrane was quite a few years old and had played in the first team it, it can sometimes be something like that that triggers the introduction of, of a player and then you suddenly go bloody hell he's a superstar um so there's every chance of it. You know, he's so highly rated in the Arsenal Academy. Um, mm. And he's got a he's he's got a physical stature about him. You know, he's not going to feel, you know, physically intimidated by the Premier League. Um, but I don't know. I don't watch the guy. I've got no idea. Um, I think he did okay at Portsmouth, but not great. Um, you know, 12 appearances in his time there. I mean, look, if we're going to play the derby, I'm not against it. Why not? I mean, I was actually thinking that conversation earlier about postponement. A little part of me... Uh, I want to win the game, but a little part of me would enjoy if you know if we're made to play the derby, if we just go out with a bunch of under 18s, <laughs> like we'll just win. to kind of make a point. <laughs> like you know, guys, we were serious. We, you know, we actually have no one, um, but obviously Arsenal won't. They'll try and strap everyone up and get them out there. But yeah, Aziz, um, why not? It's Friday night. Yeah, chuck him in. <laughs> I love that. Just throw caution to the wind and say, yeah, stuff it. Let's. It's let's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine, tactic. Uh, Rakshith uh, asking, and, and Dan possibly offering a, a retort to your point earlier on. So I wanted to get kind of your response to this. I know we need players right now, but it's not that easy to get the right players that fit the system as soon as the window starts. It's important to get the players that are fitting the system. How do you make of that? I don't really care about systems. I know we need players and I know Edu's got a job to do. <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, that's a silly question, isn't it, really? Oh, no, Come I think on. it's got... I think it's a good question. I, 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 think I, I, I was, I was kind of pointing Come that on. out. I was I was saying, like, you know, it is. It, you know, if there's a bigger picture here, then that's more important than, you know, anything. So has Edu not had all summer to look at this system and look at what we need? Or is it just like, January, right, wake up, Edu, come and have a look now. It's the first of Jam, mate. You're needed. Come on, son, what have you been doing for six months? Right Who are you going to go for? Come on, <laughs> man. The, it's no, absolute right madness. What you're it's a madness. In response to the question, the answer absolutely is, as you said there, the window, yes, opens on January 1st. But that doesn't mean that's when you can start discussing transfers. I You've had get all this, of man. these months to be able to start. We are in transfers. the two weeks in January and people are discussing Miguel Aziz and Jack Wilshere. Please, this is not Arsenal, is it not? <laughs> I mean, this is unbelievable that we're even putting those names into the mix. We should be looking at Bruno Gamares, right? If he's not an option, we need to be looking at our next target, who is not my job, but Edu's job. 
If we are, cannot get Vlahovic, then we go for Izak. If we cannot get Izak, we try and get Calvert-Lewin. If we cannot get Calvert-Lewin, then we go for one of the Watkins or Tony. Uh, surely you have your number one targets, and there's five of them. And you try to look at who you believe out of those five that fit the system that everyone keeps going on about. You try and get one of those in. I don't understand why this is so hard. It's so summer. hard. It's so hard to summer. get players in. But, but Man. okay, but I'll use the Buendia Odegaard example, right? Mm -hmm. We were all throwing our toys out the pram because we I lost did. out to Buendia. <laughs> I think we all did, to be fair, Tom. Yeah. Um, because we lost out to Buendia for Buendia to, to Aston Villa, and they have more ambition than us, and they're a bigger club than us now, and we're falling down the pecking order. And we said all this stuff, and I was part of it, to be fair. And yes, we didn't have Odegaard for the opening two games of the season. Yep, would have been great too. But we held out. We held our nerve because that was a guy we really wanted. And look at the way he's performed this season, as opposed to Buendia, who struggled at Villa. You know, I, I think this is, I think, what people mean when they're talking about the longer, the longer vision at play. They're saying, like, well, we might lose out a little bit in the short term. But if long term, we're getting the right guy. I take your point, Dan. Shouldn't there really be three or four right guys? And it's about who's accessible? Sure, I completely get that. I just think then that's where the argument about January comes into place, about it being just such a difficult window to do anything. I don't think you can go uh, Bruno Guimaraes, um, Renato Sanchez, Hussein Awar. Right. Who's the most likely? Well, none of them. No, no, Leon, Lille, no one want, they don't want to sell any of them. So if it's a case of that, well, all right, well, Wijnaldum on loan? Yeah, that might be an option. But, you know, then that's a tough ask. You know, try and say to Wijnaldum, hey, you've just been at Liverpool and you're captain of Holland and you've been at PSG. Do you want to come to Arsenal and kind of fight for sixth? <laughs> like, you know, that's not an easy sell either. So I think that's just what people mean. I, I think I'm I don't think that would be their sale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. That, they should I mean, hire you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, understand, area, I don't understand this logic of, well, no one else is doing anything. I don't care about anybody else. I care about us. I don't care what Aston Villa are doing that we're not. And I don't care that Newcastle are splashing the cash. Just let's worry about who we want, yeah? Because we don't want Chris Wood or Coutinho or any of those players. We need a defensive midfielder that we should be able to get and we should have targets already and we need a centre-forward. We're not asking for seven or eight players to come in now to make sure it takes time. I can understand if we were looking at another six or seven this summer. I'd say, do you know what? You know, we've got pre-season. Let's try and get these guys in over the next coming weeks. We've got no time at all to get two players in and we've left it ridiculously late. In my opinion, anyway, these games that we already needed Liverpool and Spurs, we needed Forest, Liverpool and Spurs, a massive month. The only fixture pileup we've ever going to have this whole season. And we've done yeah, nothing for it. We're nearly out of it. I think it's mad. Can I, can I play a little devil's advocate here? Um, Go and, for it, John. And, yeah, thank you. And There's pose, vodka in that bottle that he's drinking. Be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, pose, and, pose, and pose just a, like a kind of hypothetical question. And that is... Do you, as Arteta and Edu, who have this bigger plan uh, for the club, do you sacrifice that plan in order to bring in uh, a, a player that might not fit exactly what you want, but is is brought in for the purpose of filling in injuries or whatever we need for a period that's that's finite, um, and, or or do you wait to get the right player, and do you uh, do you do what we've done? with the younger players and give them a chance, which is seemingly what Arteta wants to do as part of this plan that he has is, you know, give them a chance in big competitive fixtures to really test them. And I don't, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying no, to. No, no. And I think it's a good question, but for yeah. you to pose that question means the plan's gone wrong already. Well, it's, it's gone so... wrong only insofar as 
only insofar as we have injuries and they they didn't plan enough. Fine, whatever. They they didn't get enough people because they didn't expect things were going to get start they getting. <laughs> they didn't they didn't think they, uh, assuming that is a fact because I don't think it really changes the analysis. If those are your two options, in, in hypothetically, which one do you pick? Uh, if those are the two options, then because of the absolute depleted midfield, we're going to have to get somebody in to make shift the rest of the season. Now, unfortunately, we're in that position. I'd hate I hate the fact we are, but they've left us in this. I would have kept Maitland Niles just for a yeah. few more weeks until we get the guy in. Would have been pla- that would have been my plan. And and that is for me saying Maitland Niles can go to Roma. What well, I don't know what the rush was, but he had to go to Roma like yesterday for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Everyone said brilliant. We got someone coming in. Brilliant! Who's coming in? Yeah, I said. That. And then a week later, <laughs> we're like, "Oh, weren't they?" Everybody. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. He's going. Someone's coming in the door for Spurs. That's what I was told, and I'm sitting there thinking. That, I mean, luckily the game's gonna be called off, so someone probably will come in for Spurs in March when we play them. But, <laughs> but I, I just don't know. Should they be allowed I don't to play? Yeah, yeah, well, let's not open that can of worms now. No, let's not open that. Let's not open that. <laughs> I was about to say this is a whole different conversation. Good, it's, no, you're right. It's a good question, though, John. It is a good question, but for me, the, suppose the question means that Arteta and Eddie's plan is, has been flawed mid-January, and I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree it's, it's hard. It, I, I think in all walks in life, there's a word called compromise. And <laughs> I think to a degree, there's got to be like, a What's that? Of... I've never heard that yeah. word before in my life. <laughs> what? My <laughs> word um, on the highway. It means everyone's exactly, going to Yeah. <laughs> I, I semi-feel there's the long-term vision. And then there's got to be the odd deal you do because you, it's a short-term. It's a short-term. It's a results business, you know. And Arteta is three defeats from losing his job. And he's also three wins from being the greatest manager since, Ars- since Arsene Wenger. You, you know, it, <laughs> it's, it, that is, but that's the nature of, the of you know, if we come through, if we so get, true. if we get even a draw in the, in the North London Derby, we knock out Liverpool, we'll be saying what a brilliant January. Forrest was a bad, was a, what was a one-off, but otherwise we performed admirably throughout January. Um, and, and I just think, I just think, it, yeah, it was probably worth getting in a short-term option. But I but I just genuinely don't know who's out there. I'm not seeing a lot of... You know, normally you see agents trying to feed to the media, blah, blah, blah's available, blah, 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 can do alone. But I'm not seeing a lot of that, actually. Um, so I just don't know if that option is there. I just don't know. If, I don't know. It might not this be. This is one and of I, the quietest Januaries I've seen, to be fair, James. Like it's, It is. And, you know, I, I think all, it's, the Maitland-Niles deal is a killer. It really is. If he'd kept, if they've kept Ainsley and, you know, Xhaka doesn't get a red card, which would be really helpful, Granite, thanks. If he didn't, then you've got Xhaka, Lokonga, Maitland, Niles, which you'd say is a perfectly serviceable um, set of midfielders, you know, till the right man is available with Odegaard who can drop deep or Smith Rowe, Lacazette can drop to 10. You know, you can kind of figure it out. Um, and I just think that Maitland, Niles deals a killer and then the Xhaka red, and it just all crumbles on you. And I think it's just when it rains, it pours. It's a bit like that. So, but I'll be yeah. gutted if we don't do any business this window. We've got to do something. We've got to sense the opportunity there and attack it. That's what a big club does. Yeah, I think that, look, to go circle back to Dan, uh, to uh, John's question about kind of the two options of what we go for, it is the word compromise. And it is about finding the balance. And I think that 
Artur is actually a really good option for balance. He's a quality player. I mean, he has got a lot of metrics that if you look at actually outrank Bruno Guimaraes and will come in with both passing and defensive abilities that will help us. It's not gone particularly well at Juventus. I don't think he's really suited Juventus, to be honest. I think I that he's actually going to do a lot better if he was to move to Arsenal. The metrics, issue is... Tom, don't give me metrics and stat DNA, mate, please. We love, we come love on. it, mate. We love it. <laughs> wait, you, did, you just talked about, you gave loads of praise about the summer signings and the, you know, the party and Gabby. That was all through metrics, mate. So I'm just saying, it's important that we get the right players in. And I think that the, right, the, the point is, is that you look at what we've Damn, done. Damn, I love my here. stuff, eh? <laughs> mate, Are James, I love it, mate. TV, <laughs> yeah. It's your applications on. He sees your name pop. No, no. Yeah, <laughs> Jack's expected passes per mid quarter is one of the best in the Premier League. Oh, okay. Uh, don't touch on Jack's errors leading to goal and red cards, though, James. Will you just stick to that? Errors to, yeah. So dumb. Really. Yeah. So Don't dumb, get me started. Really. Don't get me started. Oh, <laughs> oh, mate, yeah, I won't get you started. But yeah, no, it's about finding balance, and I think that we've made mistakes. But there's there's no one that can sit here and say that it was the right decision to send Ainsley Maitland-Niles out when we did because there is no counter-argument at this point in time because we weren't bringing anyone in at the same time. We've waited far too long. It's, you, cost, it's cost us a cup competition. Go on, John. I heard the I word you. I, I thought I, you were going to be accused. I have a question. You what? He's done it again. Do you think Do you think that uh, that Arsenal can use Xhaka's constant red cards as a medical condition? <laughs> 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 He, he gets really inflamed. Like, <laughs> that's what he does. He just sees red. Yeah, it must be a medical condition. Oh, my God. Oh, imagine. Me. Um, we're going to round off the show uh, with predictions, which we love to do. There isn't gonna, There was going to be a prediction for the North London derby. There can't be because we don't know if it's going ahead. Um, but what I am going to do is going to ask you for your predictions for the January window. I want names, lads. I'm putting you on the spot here. I want you to tell me. Who is coming in and uh, who is still going to leave? I'm vamping a little bit to give you a little bit of thinking time. Who looks the most uncomfortable, Daniel? We're going to ask you first. Uh, <laughs> who's Man, I'll, I'll go. Who's I'll go. In, bro? Uh, who's coming in? Arter. Um, advanced talk, so we hear. I can't see why that deal won't happen, to be honest with you. I don't think Juventus are trying to cling on to him, and I think they will negotiate a deal, whether it be loan with a option to buy. Um I can see that happening. And that's where it stops. Um, uh, as for... The comment saying Mvila on loan. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> love it. Love it. Hell yeah. Man, I, I said the other night, Tom, that he must have passed <laughs> his medical worry. by now on Villa. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, he signed <laughs> nine years ago. I'm amazed that uh, Salomon Kalou isn't still linked. Do you know what I mean? He must be 39 <laughs> now. He's, he's yeah. you know, Draxler <laughs> and Benzema. Is he a I hear that Memes <laughs> yeah. is in Turin now taking a selfie with uh, Arter, actually. <laughs> Benzema's on a plane. Benzema, Draxler, yeah, it's, they're all coming in. Um, so in terms of outgoings... The Avengers. In terms of outgoings, I can only really see potentially something happening with Kalasanac, maybe. Everybody else, I think, will have to stay because we're depleted. So I can't really see, unless we get a striker in, that Eddie is going to go anywhere. Um, and Lacazette and then obviously Aubameyang I don't think will get offered by anybody I don't think anybody wants him because he's on ridiculous wages um, I don't think anybody's willing to pay that even on loan so I think we're stuck with everybody we've got now by Kalasanac who I think we just need to please get the hell out of here I've never seen a left back as bad as this dude it is hilariously bad um, 
I thought Andre Santos was the worst we had, and then Kalasanac hold my oh, hold my beer. I think um, Santos is it still was the worst. Horrendous. <laughs> oh, mate, I would take Andre Santos now over Kalasanac. This guy is How the worst footballer I've ever seen in my life. Is absolutely. Irrelevant. I mean, when he came on the other night at Nottingham Forest, everybody, guy. everybody was looking at each other like, please explain to me. What the hell is going on with this manager picking him on for? You know, we need to score. Let's bring on the let's bring on the tank. He can't defend. He can't score. He can't shoot, and he can't cross. But let's just bring him on anyway. Shocking. So uh, Kalasnac out, Arta in. Tom is my answer. Kalasnac was not on the bench uh, against Liverpool. wasn't in the squad. Uh, he's closing on a move to Marseille. Um, so that hopefully will get done very soon. Uh, John outs and ins. Uh, I'm with call out and I'm, I'm, I'm with Dan that I think uh, Obama is going to be very difficult to move especially in January uh, because of the wages um, so I I really don't know how many more outgoings we're going to have I, I think maybe just that one I think Dan hit the nail on the head there incoming I'm kind of with Dan as well Artur uh, maybe one that will come in on the I'm just looking I'm trying to see if Yaya Sonogo is available because that <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? really nostalgia. It looks no, like really. it looks like he is. He saw like they, he went to Huddersfield Town and they just did not offer him another contract. So it doesn't say he's playing for anyone. It's just 2017 to 2021 for Toulouse, and then 2021. That's it, Huddersfield Town. When, when you when the first line of your Wikipedia page starts with Yaya Sonogo is a French footballer who last played. <laughs> yeah. The words yeah. who last so, played. So he's oh, available yeah. is what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing here. Uh, no, but um, seriously, yeah. I, you know, I think I, I'm going to put the Vlahovic, uh, Vlahovic. I'm never going to get any of these people's names right. So um, I, I'm going to put that out there in the universe that I, I want to get that one done because I think that that's who they've identified as someone that they want to lead this, this attack. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think that they're really trying. Um and mm. if it can get done, they'll get it. I think they'll they'll get it done. So um, I'm not saying I'm hopeful because it's the hope that kills you, right? But um, I, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, you know about Sonogo, just quickly, about Tom. About Sonogo, mm. quickly. You know Eddie you and Ketia could only Sonogo, yeah. <laughs> my, Eddie and Ke, Eddie and Ketia could only dream of scoring four goals in the Emirates Cup, mate. I've not yeah, seen him do it. Yeah, yeah. Was, a hat trick against Sunderland has got nothing on four against Benfica. That's he, all he also, hey, don't, don't forget, he's big time responsible in part for our FA Cup. You're FA Cup. Yeah. FA Cup. <laughs> Shay, put some FA respect yeah, on Sonogo's name. The best Sonogo moment is when Ramsey scores that mad goal in the Champions and he's like, League. I think, and he looks around and he's like, you can do that? Like that that's possible with a yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or when he's doing his little celebration, I think it was like the community shield, and then he just falls like right. Yeah, that's against Bitfica. No, that was in the Emirates that was Cup. That one? He, like, he celebrated in the Emirates Cup and fell over. Like, fell that over. is the peak Sonogo skills. Go on, Jay. Sonogo was the perfect battering ram in that cup final. Um <laughs> no, he, did, awesome, he did a job for us. Do I respect you, Sonogo? I know they've all forgotten what you what you did for us, but Oh, you got me. If you're listening to this. <laughs> if you're listening, I had his big For his sake, I hope he isn't. Go on, James, finish off the predictions. All right, I'll, I'll speed fire through these. Um, in terms of outgoings, I don't see Aubameyang leaving. And by the way, I hope he's all right. Because yeah, heart problems potentially related to COVID, I'm not sure. I'll look into that properly. But um, yeah, I hope he's all right. Because that doesn't sound nice. Um, and he's, he's had bad luck, hasn't he, with COVID and, and all this stupid reporting about 
Oh, well, he got COVID after being at his party. Oh, just, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. Um, I actually am probably in the minority of Arsenal fans. I'm not really sure about this Pablo Mari loan deal. Um, I kind of like him. I think he's a perfectly decent backup. Had a bad start to the season, sure, but didn't everyone? Um, and I, I thought at times last season he was brilliant alongside Louise. Um I think, you know, I don't think we saw enough of him next to White, but I think he's a perfectly decent backup. I, I don't think Holding's any better, you know, or worse than maybe, but he's definitely not better. Um, so, I, I don't, Dan, are you shaking because you agree? No, I 100% agree. With you. Rob Holding <laughs> is Dan's a dreadful centre-back. No, like, this is, when Dan says yes, this is what he does. <laughs> right, <laughs> Just, yeah. Yes. <laughs> you are spot on. Do you know what? No, but you, you, the reason I'm shaking when you said um, I don't think he's any better, but, mate, Pablo Marie's a better defender than Rob Holding. I think I probably yeah. am. So, Pablo Marie, I think you're right there, James. That's what I did forget. <laughs> I think he's off. I think he is going, you know, Udinese yeah, alone. So. Yeah. 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 yeah, so so really surprised by that. And then I think we'll see Kalazanach go and, and, and maybe a couple others. But uh, then incomings, uh, I do think an Artur or a player of that kind of basically like a Real Madrid, Juventus, Barcelona reject will come in. So not that sounds really harsh, but I'm just having a bit of fun on a Friday night. Don't take me too seriously. Uh, we'll come in. And... Fun is very different. <laughs> I know. They'll, pro- they'll probably... They'll probably come in and and actually do well. I think I think Art is a good player. I think would be a really good, sensible signing for us. So I hope we bring him in. Vlavic is very interesting because Arsenal don't normally let this much get out in the media, yeah. and there's been a lot said. And you see, Arteta has been giving it the whole big smile. You know, are you optimistic you'll do something this window? He's like, I'm always optimistic with a big old smile. I don't know. It feels like Arsenal are trying to do something big. So. Yeah. I'm not completely ruling that one out, though I'm still on the side of it's probably not. Um, yeah. But the way things have been going early in this window, you know, a lot of talk about it. So we'll see. But if I'm putting my money on it, one loan for a very, very decent player, I think. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I lean towards no with Valvich just because of, you know, Sod's Law, basically. Um, and yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that R2 is a deal that we can definitely do. Uh, I have a weird feeling that I don't know why. I just have a weird feeling that he might not be the only midfielder. Uh, I, feel I, know like pa- I feel like there might be a bit of panic at the end of- on deadline day. Something may come available and they just jump on it. Uh, and we've seen them do it, just pull out shock signings in the past. So who knows? He- Artur might not be doing it. That's not- don't quote me. Pepe, I'm quoting like, him. I'm quoting Daily Mail and the Sun. Just You've learned your lesson. Don't take my words as gospel again, please. Yeah. So what, and- what you're saying, Tom, is yeah, what you're saying, Tom, is Jan and Villa may still be our Arsenal player. That's I'm what you're saying. You, Sebastian Frey is on his way to the club. He's going to play yeah, midfield. Sebastian Frey. I remember that one. <laughs> um, That's exactly so the kind of news I needed. It's interesting that Yo-Yo says Sander Berg in the chat as well, because we were linked with him and obviously was remained, I believe, at Sheffield United as far as I haven't really caught up on with Sander. It sounds like I'm meeting for a, a drink at the pub, doesn't it? I haven't really caught up with Sander Berg in a spell. Um, but when I next see him, I'll ask. But I think that, yeah, Arthur looks a done deal. Oh, that's really far down the line, but it looks a real like a possibility it can be a done deal. I, I weirdly feel like maybe another, another midfielder could even be looked at at the end of the window. Striker, as I said with Dan, I very uh, with James. Sorry, I do very much sit on the same fence as it's a no right now, but that's not ruling it out completely um, in a weird kind of way. So yeah, that's. I don't think we'll go for a striker if we don't get him because I don't think the other ones are going to be available for what Arsenal are going to want to pay. So that's where we are at. Um, anyway, 
Let's uh, wrap things up. James, thank you so much, mate, for coming on the show. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. No, thanks for having me. Honestly, I'll, this is, I think, our second, my second appearance on a TGT. I love it every time. So thanks, man. So um, a little tally chart on and... the wall, just to his right there. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. <laughs> Said you got a little tally chart on your TGT appearance. Yeah, I cross it. It's actually yeah, near my tattooed. bed. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tattooed on his arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number just two. little pictures of your face, like up his. Yeah. He's got a Tom stamp. That's what it is. Just. <laughs> yeah. What are your tattoos? Well, those are pictures of my kids, and then that's how many times I've been on TGT. Um, I think that's the way to do it. But um, no, it'd be good and good to meet you, John, as well. And um, always great fun with you, Dan. Uh, although twice in 24 hours I've seen you, that is a bit too much. But, um, no, it is too much, mate. I feel for you, I feel for you <laughs> even, mate. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, I'm on AFTV, guys. Um, I don't really do anything else other than AFTV. Um, my social handles are either James AFTV or AFTV James. I kept it quite simple, so that's where I am. <laughs> he's a big supporter <laughs> there you go um john thank you so much mate as always tell people where they can find you and uh, and you know when the next episode of the arsenal miami podcast is going to be as i always I, ask you every show considering i live in chicago now uh you've moved since the last episode i've moved since the last episode of the arsenal miami podcast uh you guys can find me at 305 cast at twitter um so yeah that's that stuff. thanks for having me on man it's always great and uh i don't like it was it's good chatting with you james uh, i know this is the first time that we've been on together and dan it's always good seeing you it's very vivacious you know argument there so, so uh i like that's it. like crap where's my dictionary <laughs> <laughs> lovely stuff cheers johnny boy and finally dan absolute pleasure as it always is despite also myself seeing you twice within the last 24 hours or so still a genuine pleasure and uh, yeah tell me where they can find you and what you're going to be up to Cheers, bro. Always love coming on with you, man. Always a pleasure chatting with John and always good fun with James. Uh, you can find me at DanArsenal87 on Twitter and I'm now on Instagram as well. So if you fancy um, giving us a plug over there, please feel free to. I'm obviously part of Lee Judges TV. Me and Lee Judges are very close and we do quite a lot of work together on the podcast over there. And we're uh, 9.15. Myself, Lee and Super Kevin Campbell are going to be on with Tapping Tobes, the Tottenham... Um, Fan and also Fuad as well, Spurs fans. So we're going to have a bit of a chat about that. But let's be honest, we don't even know if it's going to go ahead. But we're going to do it anyway at quarter past nine. So if you fancy coming over to Lee Judges TV, please do so. I'll end by with this though. Sky Sports have some of the best pundits, right, in my opinion. I love Roy Keane and Michael Richardson. I actually quite like Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. But I'm just reading that uh, Spurs are very angry at the fact that we they may not be able to play at the weekend, which we know. But this has come from Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher. Ooh. Gary Neville says the Premier League should force us all to play our games. And Jamie Carragher, um, I think, is he is he Liverpool, Jamie Carragher? Yeah, is he's he an Everton yeah, yeah. fan. That's right. Him. He's Liverpool, yeah. isn't he? He's Liverpool. Uh, he said the clubs are taking advantage now. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, it's all right when one team does it and it's not all right when Arsenal do it, it seems, after all I've said tonight. But um, Tom, always a pleasure. Um, and thank you all. Arsenal are the straw that breaks the camel's back, as they say always. It does seem to be us that takes it that one little step too far. Thank you, Chatbox, and everyone that's tuned in on the live show. We've had uh, nearly 2,000 of you tuning in live. Thank you so much to all of you, as always, for making this a, a great experience, and you're a great community that joins us every single day. You'll be able to join me tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for the latest Arsenal transfer updates. Uh, you won't find Dan up at that time, but uh, I'm sure he'll be catching up on the show. Uh, or as me. soon as possible. <laughs> or these lines. Because, you know, well, the world doesn't exist until 10 a.m. for some. So uh, if that. But we will see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Uh, and then there would have been a reaction to the Spurs game. But we're going to have to play that by ear. Hopefully, 
we should find out tomorrow morning if the Premier League get their finger out. So uh, we'll wait and see. So an absolute pleasure as always. We'll see you very, very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. No, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.